we um, are going through a series entitled Life Together, a series that is designed just to help us look at truth that leads to hope-filled and joyful moments in the relationships that we have and that we share with others that leads to healthier and better relationships, relationships with the people that God has placed in our lives as gifts and our relationships with Him. We started out this series by looking at being fed by faith. And you think about faith and you think about trust, and we all know that when that's present and when that's healthy and strong, so too is the relationship, whatever relationship it is. And God shares truth about that, that we need to be fed by that, and our faith needs to grow and deepen. And we looked at that in the hearts of the disciples as they fed the 5,000 and some of the things that they were struggling with. We looked at running the race to win. A truth out of 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 to 27. And the emphasis that God gives and, and what he shares in terms of, of running a race, living our life in a healthy and in a good way is by keeping our eyes fixed on who? Jesus, author and perfecter of our faith. And that we run with purpose, purpose, purpose. Everybody was created for a purpose. And then truth about avoiding breakdowns. And there's so many times in our heart and in our life, and we can look at them relationally, where relationships have broken down, and there's usually a good reason for that. We looked at truth, the nation of Israel, when they were on the cusp of entering the promised land, and looked at three truths that are in that story when they failed to do what it is that God told them to do. And how do we avoid breakdowns in our relationships and in our life together? One, again, we focus on purpose. We think about what it is that we're supposed to be doing, who it is that we are. Believe in God's promises, the promises that he gives to help us to be. And then we're simply obedient to them. We know our purpose we know that God makes promises about who it is that he's going to help us to be. And then we live them out, avoiding breakdowns. Today we're going to look at another truth on Mother's Day that's so fitting and so relevant. I think it's true in our relationships with our, our moms. And I can't ever get away um, with thinking about Mother's Day and thinking about, about a, a wife. So I just want to share this truth with you. But before I do, to kind of like open up our hearts to that and get us prepared a little bit for what it is that God's going to bring, I want to ask the moms here to take a quick survey. Are you okay with that? If you think a little bit and just... So I got, I've got five questions for you. And what I would like you to do is just raise your hand for yes or no. That's, that's it, okay? Not anything too difficult. So I'm going to read the questions and you just... Raise your hand for either yes or no. All right? All right, here we go. Here's the first question. Are you ready? Here's the question. It says this. Moms, do you like it or enjoy it when your kids engage in nonstop whining or complaining? Okay, those of you that would say yes, you just love it when your kids are engaging in nonstop whining and complaining. Who says yes? All right. Who says no? Who doesn't like it? I think it's unanimous. Next question. Here it is. Moms, grams, are you thrilled when your family or a member of them 
complain about what it is that you prepared that you worked especially hard on for dinner. Okay? Who likes it when there's complaining and grumbling about the food that's on the table, especially when you worked really hard on it? Those that would say yes. And those that would say no. All right, I think it's unanimous again. I like this question. Moms, do you like it or do you enjoy it when you ask your children to do some kind of task that they're responsible for and you hear the phrase, do I have to? Those that would say yes. Those that would say no. All right, I think we see a trend here. I got two more questions for you. These get a little bit better. Okay, we're going to focus on the positives now. So here's the question. So a little bit of turnaround here. Moms, is it a joy for you? Is it a joy for you? Do you delight when you have a day when there is minimal or no complaining in your house? Those that would say yes. Yeah, those that would say no. And I think some, some moms are scratching their head and said, I've never had a day like that. I really don't know. Last question. Moms, do you appreciate receiving encouraging and positive comments and compliments rather than whining or complaining? Do you appreciate receiving encouraging and positive comments instead of whining or complaining? Those that would say yes? All right. And those that would say no? Oh, how wonderful. And you know, it it is almost to the point where I'm going to do it, but that I wouldn't even really need to preach this truth. Because moms, you just validated it. See, we all understand and know, and that's what I love about God's Word. It is so relevant. So relevant. It's relevant in our lives, and it's relevant to the relationships that we have with other people. And I do want to share it with you. I want to share an example that that comes out of um, Exodus, Exodus 17. I'm going to read verses 1 to 4, and then I'm going to jump to a, a passage in Ephesians. But it speaks about a truth that all of the moms just validated for us, and that is that there are things in life in terms of relationships that we'd rather do without. And we want our relationships to be healthy and positive, Because not only does it cause problems in our relationships when things aren't so, it can indeed make or break the journey. So I'd like to ask you if you just open up your hearts and listen to these words of truth and what they share. First, from Exodus 17, verses 1 to 4. Hear the word of God. The whole Israeli community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? You see that second part there? Not just Moses. But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. 
They said, why do you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? This is the word of God that be written on our hearts. Did you see something going on there? And you can go back to the truth that we shared about the nation of Israel, which happened a little bit later, Numbers 13 and 14, and some of the things that happened. And then you could skip ahead to like chapter 15. If you go to chapter 15, you read verse 24. It says, so the people grumbled against Moses. That was about the taste of the water. And then you jump ahead in chapter 16. And this is where they had manna to eat, um, but they didn't have any meat, and so they complained about that. It says in chapter, uh, verse 2, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And then you fast forward here, they're complaining and grumbling again. I want to ask you, what do you think that was like? Well, you know what it's like, because you live it. There are people in your life and in in moments when there's grumbling, complaining, and whining. What fun, right? We all know the difference that that makes. And so I have a question for you, whether it's this passage or any other in the Word of God. When you think about truth that he gives about relationships and who he's asking us to be, why are they there? Why would this passage in Exodus 17 and all the other ones, and the one we're going to read in a minute, why would they even be in the Bible? Any ideas? So we'd learn, right? Maybe, possibly. So we'd learn about being different. So we'd we'd learn about being set apart. Nation of Israel. So we learn about what it means to be holy and right with other people and with God. So we learn about what it means to be salt and and flavor with a good flavor, not a bitter flavor. So we know what it means to be light and shine and radiance, the presence of God in our hearts and in our lives. Possibly, maybe, you think? The answer is, of course. See, God shares these truths so so that we'll learn and that we'll grow from them. So we'll understand it. It's so incredibly important in our life and in our life together, in our journeys, in our relationships with other people. It's so incredibly important to show up with the right spirit and the right heart to be. Because being makes or breaks the journey. You all know that. You've all had relationships where things just haven't went well. And I want to ask you, how does that, how does that make you feel in the moment? Maybe you're thinking of a particular instance. Maybe one of those trips that was going to be this great and wonderful trip. And you got in the car and you start going down the road and then it starts. And it could have been anybody in the car. And all of a sudden, it just is this, this trip that you're hopeful for, you're going to have a good time in, it just becomes kind of miserable, right? You, you can all admit that. Maybe it has something to do with a particular person or individual in your life that just, let's just say, they're, they can make the best of moments pretty miserable. They suck the life out of the moment. Drain, deflate. They turn good moments into bad ones. There's, 
There's a reason that God shares and gives these truth. Because his hope for us and our relationships are vastly different than what we often experience. And we can, again, we can look at other, we can look at the nation of Israel, and sometimes I, I find myself doing that as I go through my devotions and I'm reading and I'm thinking, man, those people were nothing but a bunch of grumblers and complainers, and then I got to stop and think, well, what about me? Who is it that I show up to be? He's saying the same thing to each and every one of us here this morning. And we know the difference that it makes when we show up with a godly heart, when we show up to be somebody who is positive, hopeful, joyful, and the difference that that can make, not just in the moment, but in all of life. So he shares truth about it. Truth in Exodus 17. And then, if you will, flipping over to Ephesians 4. I'm going to read verses 22 to 32. And this passage kind of takes, um, if, if you think about that heart set, and, and adds to it a little bit. Kind of where grumbling and complaining can go. And we saw a little bit of that with the, with the exploration it went from bad to worse. And so this is just a, a sharing again of being and who it is that God hopes that we'll avoid being. And, and in the verses 23 and 24, we're going to come back to that, some really key truths. So just open up your hearts and listen to this. Ephesians 22 to 32 out of, out of chapter 4. You were taught with regard uh, you, however, excuse me, starting at verse 20, it's up on the screen. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to their neighbor. We are members of one body. In your anger, do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your angry and give the devil a foothold. He who is stealing must steal no more, but must work, doing something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building up others according to their needs that it might benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. This is the word of God. Again, write it on your hearts and live it in your lives. There is so much in these verses, so much truth. And I want to go to the, the part that really sets the stage for it all, that is the, what all the other rest of the truth flows out of as you go on in the passage, and that is verses 23 and 24. We'll read those two one more time. Be made, new, made, be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on a new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Being made new in the attitude of our minds. 
There's a couple of things that as we read those verses that hopefully we understand and we know. Uh, Things that are there that, that are implicit. Things that we can see and that we can resonate with. The first is this, being made new in the attitudes of our hearts and minds. It's sharing that that in Jesus Christ, you're already made new, right? Anybody believe that? That when you asked Jesus Christ into your heart, there was a transformation that took place in your life, and you're different, you're forgiven, you're set on a journey? I, I hope so. And then you have the capability to be made new, to put on that new self. Do you see those words there? And I want you to think about that for a minute. So this morning, when, when I was getting ready, I, I, I could go into my closet, and I have way too many more clothes than I need, and I could pick out what to wear, right? I, were the clothes mine? Were they there? Sure. But I went into the closet, and I picked some out, and I put them on. So when you think about putting on the new self, you have the capability to do that. See, Christ has changed you, transformed you already if you have Jesus Christ in your heart and your life, and I hope that that's true. If that is true, you have the capability to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to live differently than perhaps you are or you have. I want you to think about that because that's one of the things that's implicit, one of the things that comes out in this about being made new in the attitude of your minds, and that is that you have a choice. Every single thing that you do and every single thing that you say, you have a choice to either say or do or not. Right? That's simple. You have that capability. And so today on Mother's Day, you have the capability to say and do things for your sweet mama that maybe, hopefully you do every day, but to make it a great day for her, right? Would anybody disagree with that? Or or, or your wife, you have the capability to do that or not. A choice, God calls it free will. And so as you're, you're living, as you're living as a human being and you're thinking about putting on your new self, God's saying something to us here. This is what I want you to choose. This is who I want you to be. And the other piece that's to it, and as you get down and you drop down and to even look at verse 30, we're going to get to it again. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. But we have a choice, and the choice that we make will lead to consequences. Either good consequences or poor consequences. So we understand and know that as well. And and so I want you to think again another illustration or think about choices, making choices in terms of what we say and do and who it is that we choose to be. And then I want you to think about the consequences. So moms, have you ever had this happen? Or as a child, you can think about this too, um, that that you were asked, your your mom, you go and you ask your children to do a specific task. Let's just pick one that's a, a favorite, like clean your room, right? And so you can go to your children and you say, you know what, I need you to clean your room. Now, as a child, the child has a choice then, right? Or the, or the husband. To either do it or not do it. I have a choice to either listen to what my mom's asking me to do or not. I have the free will. And if you don't, there's consequences, right? And if you do, there are two positive consequences. 
That's how it is in our relationships. Pick whatever one that you want, and that's life. Journey together. You're in school. You're in college. You've got assignments. You've got papers. You have a choice to either do them or not do them. And, And whatever you choose to do, there's going to be a consequence. At work, you have a job. You have responsibilities. Whether you're a boss, an employee, doesn't matter. You've got the opportunity. There are responsibilities that you have, and you have a choice to either do them or not do them. See, it doesn't matter what, what, what relationship you choose. The reality is you have a choice to either do the things that you should or not, and there will be consequences for them. That's how life is. That's how life together is in our relationships. And God is sharing that, and he's saying, I, I really hope that you choose well. I hope that you decide to be salted light. I hope that you choose to make God-honoring decisions. I hope that you choose to be somebody that brings a smile to my face and delights me. Look at verse 30. Have you ever thought about this? Look at verse 30. It says this, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You were given grace in Jesus Christ. And if you haven't received him, you can receive that grace. And things can change just by the mere presence of God in your heart and in your life. And he says, I did that for a reason. And, and I hope that you indeed be who it is that I created, redeemed, gifted, and called you to be. You listen to my word and truth. And relationally, you live it out. Grieving the Holy Spirit. You know, I've shared with a number of different people, at the end of the day, one of the things that I do, and I do it in the morning, just in case I forgot overnight, I spend a few minutes with God, and I ask him this question, and I pray it through, and I say, God, have have I done well for you today? See, the honest truth is, and and some of this, some people, I know that some people struggle with this, that's okay. I don't ask them, have I done everything that everybody wants me to do? Because I know the answer to that question. I don't ask, have I made everybody happy? I don't ask that question. I just ask God, and I say, God, have I been a delight for you today? Have I done the things that bring a smile to your face? Did what I do today delight you or or not? And you know what? The answer isn't always good. Just like it would be for you. We've all said things and done things that we regret and that we know didn't bring joy and happiness into a relationship. wasn't holy or wasn't right. But that's God's desire. And that's why he shares this truth. And you can go through and look at very specific things in this passage. Look at verse 25 and look at verse 29. Verse 25 says, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to their neighbor, for we're all members of one body. And then verse 29, what does it say? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. I've taken those verses and I made my kids write them out time and time again. I said, what is it that God's teaching you in this? What does he want you to hear? 
You can connect that to the ninth commandment. Do you remember that one? Do not bear false witness. It's the same thing. Unwholesome talk, falsehoods, gossip, rumors, flat-out lies. He doesn't want you to have any part of it. He wants you to be different, to speak truth. And, and, and I'll tell you, it is only a short jump from, from having an attitude and a heart set that isn't new and of Christ to, to these things and to other things. So, so process that. Think about that. What does that look like for you? What does that mean for you? Are, are all of the things that you said last week things that benefited those, built others up, or did you do some tearing down? See, it's really important things to think about, and think about that relationally with the people sitting next to you, with the people that you love and care about, and even those you don't. It's about being. Verse 26, in your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you were angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. I share that one in, in premarital counseling all of the time. And so you think about why maybe you're grumbling or complaining about something. There's usually a problem or an issue or something that you don't like, and it can very quickly go somewhere else. Hostility, anger, and, and this, the first part of this verse, in your anger, do not sin, share something that's very, very true. Either you control your anger or it will control you. Which is it going to be? Who are you going to be? We all know what happens when anger controls us. We cut loose. There's all kinds of things that happen. None of them usually good. There is such a thing as a, a righteous and a holy anger. These are important things to, to think about. And, and does our behavior then grieve the Holy Spirit or not? I, I think we know usually. We, we don't have to wonder about it too much. Yeah, it could go um, on and, and on, but, but I just share this truth and, and, and have you look at it because of who it is that God desires you to be in the relationships that you have with the people that are not only sitting by you now, but maybe that you'll spend time with later on today or that you love in your life. Friends, family, whomever. And it's so critically important, again, because who we be makes or breaks the journey. It either makes our relationship stronger and better, more filled with joy and happiness and hope, or not. And we could do as the world does. You see, you know how the world handles that, and is speaking specifically to you, talking about grieving the Holy Spirit, pointing out things that have to do with personal accountability. Because what does the world say you can do? You can blame other people or your situation. You can make all kinds of excuses. You can do all of those different things and never take responsibility for your own actions. But that's not what God says to you. He says something different. He says it's your choice. It's your responsibility. I have given you a new heart. I have given you my spirit inside. I have given you grace and forgiveness. Who is it then that you are going to be?
powerful stuff. See, God just wants what's best for us. He wants good and healthy and thriving relationships. He wants who it is that we are to be uplifting, encouraging, and kind. Friends, I hope and trust that all of us um, take a minute and we open up our hearts to the truth that God gives because it will make an impact. Whether we pick it up or we lay it down, whether we hear it, throw it aside, or whether we own it. But know that he wants what's best for you in your life and in your life together with other people. And the reality is, who we be makes or breaks the journey. I hope with all of my heart, I'm looking at, can I just focus in on moms? I hope all of you moms have the most incredible Mother's Day. I hope that the people that are maybe going to do some things, anybody make some plans for their moms or grandmas? Yeah. I hope that it's a beautiful, wonderful day. And I hope that's what you choose to make it. And I hope that beyond that, after Mother's Day, when you go to work and you go to school, in your homes, in your life, that you have an incredible journey too. And that you think about who you choose to be and the difference that it will make. Will you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for your word and your truth. Lord, you always want the very best for us. And Lord, we know if we would stop and think about it, we don't always acknowledge it, we don't always own it, but the very best place is when we're living big in you, when we're following you and we're being all of the things that you teach us in your word to be. So Lord, I hope and pray today that you spoke, and you spoke loudly and clearly to each one of us, Lord, that we would hear what it is that you're saying about our life together. Lord, I thank you again for moms, for grandmas, for, for special women that you place in people's lives. And they're just so incredible and so powerful who they are. And you use them in profound and life-changing ways in hearts and in lives. And I thank you and I praise you for each one. Lord, and I ask that today will be a glorious and special day for them. Simply because people are choosing to listen to your word and being who you've created, redeemed, gifted, and called them to be. This I ask in your holy and in your precious name. Amen.